how do we help handle racial inequality? Like, how do we do this? How do we handle this? How do we have open and honest conversations? Instead of just blaming and, put, you know, just, just driving a wedge even further. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't want to win every fight. Winning every fight is, by definition, you're going to lose. What makes the journey worth it? The pain, the adversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson. This is Serendipity. Hey guys, welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Today's guest is a husband, he's a father, he's a founder, and he's a CEO of Altered State. And so I can't wait for you guys to hear his wisdom, his insight, and we're going to get right into it. Aaron, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Inky. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Uh, first good, and good. foremost, man, you know I'm big on gratitude. I want to say thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that, but you've been awesome to us and my family and this organization for many years, so the feeling is mutual. Thank you. And so, Aaron, to give you a little context of why I started this platform called Serendipity, I just believe as as people, a lot of times we waste experiences, we waste opportunities and we waste opposition and adversity when it doesn't show up in the form of which we expect. And a lot of times we could use those situations, use those circumstances to make us better people. And so I want to start off, when I first met you, you know, something blew my mind about you that I didn't know, right? Because I met you, the Alter State founder, Alter State CEO, came in to speak to the company. And you shared with me that you went on scholarship to play football, Right. How did you fall in love with the game of football? You know, it's funny. I, uh, I've gravitated to football because it was a team sport. Gotcha. Um, the thing that I love the most about business is it's a team sport. I mean, life is a team sport. Uh, I played football, basketball, baseball, uh, ran track uh, when I was younger. I didn't play football, believe it or not, until I was older. Um, but fell in love with that. I grew up in a baseball family. And I loved the position of quarterback. I loved, um, I loved having people depend on me. I loved uh, the camaraderie, uh, the team aspect of it. And to be honest with you, I loved the grind. I mean, I really enjoyed. There's something about working out and you know working towards a goal and seeing it come to fruition. There's just no better feeling, and particularly when you're doing it with a group of people. So, I. I I use a lot of the lessons I've learned in life from sports, you know, what I learned in sports and life in my everyday life. So that's how I fell in love with it. Yeah, I was I was reading something about you when you said in terms of playing football, then you thought you were going to be a doctor and then you ended up in retail. And so that journey, that perspective, that mindset, what was that shift like when you went from thinking you were going to be a doctor to ending up in retail with Altered State? Well, I think like most young kids, I was trying to find my way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up in a small town. Uh, 
I grew up in a phenomenal family. I have a tremendous amount of respect and appreciation for my parents. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without my my mother and father. I mean, they busted their butts. They were the first uh, to graduate college from their family. So they broke, uh, they broke the chain. You know, they broke alcoholism. They broke so many things that had been going on in our family. And my parents, you know, literally uh, were able to do something that, that was impressive. So I got, to, I got to watch that with my own two eyes. I saw my mother go back at the age of 50 and get her college degree, finish her college degree wow. with five boys at home. You know, uh, she was a church secretary. I think she was making 10, I can't remember if it was $10,000 a year or $16,000 a year. Wow. Um, but so the reason why I share that part of it is when you grow up in a small town and we never wanted for anything. So, I mean, I think in today's times, we would probably be considered lower middle class or on that brink of poor to lower middle class. Um, you know, we made ends meet. My parents always made ends meet. We worked, we did things. Uh, but I wanted to be a doctor, not for the right reasons. I was just was tired of being poor, if I'm being honest. I was just like, when you get older uh, and you're trying to make a name for yourself uh, and, and the way I, what I thought would solve my problems was money. Mm. Um, and as you know, you know, money is great, but money does not, that saying money does not buy you happiness is true. And then I found retail or retail found me. I needed a job inky. I walked into Walgreens store 3128 on college road in Beaumont, Texas. Mm. And there was a gentleman, there was a gentleman by the name of Kevin Hudson. And I just needed a job. I just needed some money. So I could have a car, pay gas, eat, you know, just simple things. And um, he asked me in the interview, he said, well, what do you know about Walgreens? And I'm like, this is my first time ever walking in. <laughs> Looking back, I can't believe he hired me. Um, and he said, well, why, why would I hire you? And I said, well, all I can tell you is, you know, I played college football. We had to be at practice sometimes at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, you know, you played. You know, you got to go to school. You know, you're you're up before everybody else. I'm I'm at the, you know, you got to go to school. You got to go to practice afterwards. You got to finish the school at, in the evenings. I mean, it's a full time job. People don't realize that. And I said, all I can tell you is, I'll work hard. I'll learn. And I'll do whatever. He gave me a job, and it also helped that he was a phenomenal leader. And I, I mean, I, I still to this day think about him. Uh, I fell in love with the retail business mm -hmm. and I found my passion. And what I loved about retail was, you know, I started out, my job was to take care of the stock room and make sure it operated properly, uh, which is not, a, you know, for most people, a lot of my friends, if I'm being honest, they made fun of me. Mm -hmm. They're like, what are you doing? And, you know, back in the day, and I'm ashamed to admit this, I haven't been at Walgreens a long time, but, you know, we wore the gray smocks, you know, uh, so I wore the little vest and, you know, it wasn't exactly uh, the most whatever, but, um, you know, uh, my job was to make sure that stock room was clean, neat and orderly. My job was to make sure that those shelves were uh, filled. Uh, it was fun, you know, uh, doing uh, an end cap and watching the product sell. And, you know, it reminded me a lot like sports. And, you know, in the retail business, you get a report card every day. You know how your sales were. Uh, so again, similar to sports, you know where you stand on the scorecard and what on the scoreboard. 
Uh, and so I fell in love with it. So I, I knew right then and there. And it helped that I had a, a person that's, you know, he said, Aaron, look, you've got talent uh, and you're a hard worker. And he said, I just want you to know you can make good money in this industry. Mm. And I didn't know that, to be honest with you. And he even brought me back to the office and put his arm around me and showed me his bonus check. Wow. And out of respect for him, I'm not going to share what his bonus check was. But for me, a kid at that time, I was like, my goodness, like you can live doing this. Like you can really build a career. Um, and I, I just fell in love with it. And so I knew what I wanted to do from that day on. I knew what my goals were. And, you know, I've been working at it for 20 years now. And so uh, I feel blessed because, as you know, a lot of people. And, and by the way, I had a lot of people not that, that were naysayers. Mm. that you know thought i was making a mistake and uh but you know you gotta you gotta use tunnel vision and when you find something you love um and you're willing to work for you you, it's amazing what you can accomplish so but that's how that's how i fell fell in love with the retail business you know when when (laughs) when i heard you sharing about the stock room the thing that it made me think about like in the bible when it says show you faithful over a few things and God will make you ruler over many. And like you said, a lot of people, when they get like a small task or get something that they may look at it like, man, I got to do the stock room. I got to do this. It's like my grandmother. She made an impression on me growing up, two bedroom, 14 people. I watched her clean our house, wipe our floors, and I would be down there with her. And it instilled gratitude within me. And it affects the way that I live my life even until this day. And so you all have something on your site that I want to know where it comes from, right? When it says stand out for good, right? That quote, that saying, where did that manifest from? Well, we, we knew when we founded the business, we wanted the business to stand for something. So, you know, one of the blessings I had, Inky, uh, again, I go back to my parents. They always taught us to give back and make a difference. Uh, I used to always... As a young kid, I'd even get mad at my mom. You know, she would, if someone came over to help maybe fix the air conditioner, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and they were on hard times. Uh, my mom would overpay them. Mm. And, you know, we were not in good times. So I'd be <laughs> like, what, what in the world are you doing? You know, particularly when you're a teenager and you start connecting the dots, you know? Yeah. And um, so... I knew I built my career, you know, it started out as a stockroom manager, which by the way, was one of the best things that ever happened. Absolutely for my career was the best thing ever happened to me. So being a CEO and understanding how a stockroom operates, Hmm. it's a competitive advantage. You know, I've done every job in a store. So I understand what our associates are going through. I also understand the objectives we have to get done. Hmm. Um, but I've been in their shoes before. I know what it feels like to get too much merchandise. I know what it feels like to have a customer yell at you. I know what, it, you know, and it wasn't, it was something that was out of your control. I mean, I do understand that. Uh, but the reason, you know, where I was going with that is I had worked my way up in my career at a, you know, very fast. I became an officer in my, you know, mid twenties, uh, mid to late twenties. I mean, that's unheard of. Uh, I've been very blessed uh, people have given me opportunities. I made more. I made more money than I knew was possible. Mm. I mean, literally knew was possible. Uh, I had no concept that you could make that kind of money. Uh, and 
have been very successful, but I always felt like the whole time I was doing that, um, while I was using my talents, I wasn't using them. Um, like I wanted my talents. I wanted there to be more to it. And so that's really the state where the standout for good came from, you know, Brian and I, our co-founder got together and we wanted to build a retail business that made a difference. So we wanted to build a give back company, but use retail as our talent, as our platform. So, you know, God gave us these talents and like, how do we use these talents to make a difference in our communities and people's lives and so on and so forth. And believe it or not, our architect was the one that came up with a standout for good, you know, after Brian and I articulating to him what, what we want to do. And that, that saying has transformed my life, that, that, that mantra. And I'll, I'll explain to you why, you know, Inky, when we started the business, you know, I, I thought it would be much easier than it has been. You know, I thought, how hard can this be? You, you hire some good people, right? You open some stores, people come to your store and buy merchandise. Well, it's not as easy as it sounds. There's a reason why, you know, 99% of businesses that start up fail. Um, and even though I had been professionally trained at some of the greatest places in the world, right? I'd worked at Walmart. I'd worked at May Company, which was the largest department store chain in the world. I'd worked for Walgreens, which at that time was the fastest and probably the largest uh, drugstore chain in the world. And I'd worked for some really smart people and thought I knew a lot, um, uh, which I learned that I didn't know as much as I thought. Uh, and I'm still learning every day. But the standout for good thing, when I, anytime I have to make tough decisions, mm-hmm. I really use that uh, component. So, for example, when this pandemic hit and we had a decision, you know, we shut down all of our stores across the country. And you know, we saw our revenues drop 97, 98, 95%. I mean, wow. that is, that is massive. Wow. Uh, and, and the bills don't stop, mm. you know, life doesn't stop Inky. And, yes. and, you know, we've got 2000 to 2,400 families that depend on us in some form or fashion. Uh, it was easy for me to anchor on how I wanted to handle this crisis and, you know, simple things like not furloughing our associates, you know, not laying anybody off, mm-hmm. um, you know, not turning our back on them when we needed to, um, when they needed, when they needed me the most, you know, would have been very easy uh, to get off that ship and stand on the, the, you know, the dock or something and watch it sink. And, mm. uh, but it's, it's transformed everything I do. Uh, from the perspective of it's just a nice reminder of, hey, we want to live up to a higher standard internally and externally. And, you know, I think about coaches or anything like that and the people I admire the most, like you want to win, mm-hmm. but you want to win the right way. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If you're going to if you're going to win a national championship, let's do it the right way. Absolutely. Let's 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 get the ball over the goal line the right way. You know, let's don't cut corners. Let's. uh Let's stand for something. And that's in our communities. You know, we want to have a great business in our communities, but we also want to give back to our communities. Mm. Right. Uh, And not just not just through creating jobs, but also, you know, giving back to charities there locally. Um, So it's not an easy thing, but I got to give our architect a tremendous amount of credit for coming up with that saying. Uh, when I have when I face tough decisions, whatever it may be, 
I try to do my best to, to live up to it with an acknowledgement that, look, we're human beings and we make mistakes and we don't always stand out for good, right? Because we make mistakes, but that's, that's where it came from. And it's, it's really helped, helped me lay out a, a strategy for the, for the organization. That's incredible, man. Um, you know, when I think about the things that you all do from Mission Mondays, you know, to the work that you all are doing in Peru, like the culture amongst the organization, I felt that every time I came in to speak, but also, you know, I went in the stores, man, and I saw the notebooks in the back. I saw the messages. You know, you go online, you see the stories about people with cancer, you know, people that Alter State as a business have helped with their homes in Alcoa, like all of these different things, the culmination of it, right, is incredible. And so even when I think about me with you, like one of the things I love about you is you're a straight shooter, right? Like you said, like I started off wanting to be a doctor. I was tired of being poor. I wanted to make some money. Like I love yeah. that about you, right? You're a straight shooter. And so I want, I want you, Aaron, with the current climate of the world, people are going through things in this pandemic with the adversity and opposition that they're facing. Like, are there some words that you would give to the world, to people right now that are struggling, having a tough time? Is it something that you live by every single day? Just some pardon words that can assist some people along their journey. You know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and, and I don't, I don't have all the answers and don't pretend to be, Absolutely. Um, but don't pretend to, but I think, I think what I would say, what we need to do uh, as individuals is we, right now we need to slow down the speed up hmm. And, and I want to explain what I mean by that. So, you know, Inky, you and I have become really good friends and we don't probably agree on everything, right? Um, but we need to slow down to speed up to, to, we need to slow down and understand each other's point of view. Uh, there's a lot of uh, animosity in our country right now. There's a lot of uh, anxiousness, concern, uh, all kinds of emotions going on. And, 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 and we need to understand that's not necessarily a bad thing. As a matter of fact, that can be a really good thing. I mean, when I think back on my life, every time that I thought I'd hit the wall and failed, mm. you know, another door, like the whole doctor thing, um, you know, God, God, believe it or not, gave me a lot of athletic talent, but I could never make it work. And Inky, you'll understand this. I mean, that was devastating for me. Absolutely. I mean, here I was, a six foot two kid, 235 pounds, could jump, you know, 39, 40 feet in the, uh, inches in the air, you know, had a great vertical jump, could run a four, five, one, forty. But Inky, I could never bring it together. I could never bring it together and I couldn't understand why. Hmm. Um and those adversity, those challenges that I went through is what changed my life in the right direction. I think right now we have an opportunity to slow down, to speed up. You know, I think about moments when I realized, look, Aaron, you're not going to be the next John Elway. Hmm. I mean, that was, I grew up, you asked me one of the reasons why I played football. I mean, I watched John Elway growing up. I thought he was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. He's pigeon toed. Uh, <laughs> my friends made fun of me about being pigeon toed. And so I'm like, okay, if, if he can do it, I can do it, you know. And looking back on it, I was a terrible quarterback, but not in my not in my mind. Uh, and that's what I wanted to be. And, you know, in that emotion and that time, it was devastating, but I slowed down to speed up. Hmm. And I just think right now as a country, with like all the things that are going on, whether that's, you know, 
uh, disagreeing on the way the pandemic should be held, uh, taken care of, disagreeing on uh, the way uh, we should handle racism and social unrest, uh, disagreeing on abortion, um, disagreeing on all these things. I mean, people don't realize uh, we got to meet in the middle. You know, like when I look at people who are pro-abortion, okay, fine, you're pro-abortion. But then I look at the people that are not pro-abortion. It's like, okay, fine, you're not pro-abortion. Can we not meet in the middle? Can we not say, look, we're not going to use your money to pay for abortions? Mm. I mean, how do we meet in the middle, right? How do we find a place um, like the whole thing with, you know, how do we help handle racial inequality. Like, how do we do this? How do we handle this? How do we have open and honest conversations instead of just blaming and, you know, just, just driving a wedge even further, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't want to win every fight, Mm. winning every fight is by definition, you're going to lose. I learned, I learned this at Walmart. I, I learned this at Walmart. I grew up at May company where while we were the biggest department store, you know, negotiate, there was a lot of pride in negotiation and you wanted to win the negotiation, win every negotiation. Mm. Well, that sounds really good until you hurt your supplier so much that they don't want to do business with you anymore. Wow. And so when I went to Walmart, when I first got there, you know, I would push the, I learned real quickly that if I push the suppliers too hard, if they didn't make any money, they didn't, they wouldn't want to do business with me anymore. So just because I ran the biggest business in the world of whatever that was at that time, like you don't push somebody such to a point where they quit. Wow. And because then it ends up hurting you. Mm. And that's right now as a culture, it's like, let's slow down to speed up. How do we meet in the middle? Mm. How do we, how do we find some common ground here? Like, again, um, I grew up in the fashion business. So my whole career I've been around, uh, homosexuals my whole life. Some of my closest friends. I have family members that are homosexuals. I understand that there's people that have religious beliefs that that's, you know, against God's uh, direction. I also understand there's homosexuals that don't want to be uh, villainized. How do we meet in the middle? Right. It talks about loving your neighbor. Mm. So, you know, if we get into this mentality of just beating each other to death, Mm. um, you know, if you believe somebody's sinning, you know, being a homosexual, look in the mirror. Mm. Like, what about gluttony? Yeah. I like to eat, Inky. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I like to eat. The Bible, the Bible also talks about, yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, and again, I'm not saying that these aren't real, that there aren't real issues, you know. Um, there, there aren't real challenges, but we, there's got to be some give and take. Mm. You know, there's got to be some give and take. There's got to be, you know, there was, uh, I'm very pro uh, free schools, mm. free choice of school. And I'll explain to you why. I was one of those poor kids who couldn't afford to live in the right neighborhood to go to the best school in the community. So my parents had to buy a piece of all they could afford was a piece of land and a trailer. Mm. So we, we lived in it. We grew up in a trailer because that's all they could afford for us to go to that good school. How do we meet in the middle on these things? Okay, so maybe it's not free choice of school everywhere, but how do we how do we test it and see if it works? How do we find some common ground? So I, I, I think one thing that's really missing, and this is probably a much longer answer than what you were expecting. No, but I love this, man. I love this. One, one thing, 
one thing that's really missing is none of us are being humble enough to admit that we don't actually have the damn answer. Mm. I love it. Love so so we're, we're dealing with 330 million people mm-hmm. from 330 million different experiences in life. Mm. That means we all see life different. Yep. doesn't matter the color of your skin, Inky. You see life differently than Jimmy Dixon is, who, who you know is a good friend of mine as well. I see life different than Jimmy. I see life different than you because I see life through my experiences. Absolutely. If I'm passionate, if your neighbor is passionate about a cause, mm. both parties have to come to some sort of level of, of uh, understanding. Mm. When I look at the racial tensions that are going on. We all know things are wrong right now Mm. on both sides of the fence, on both sides. Inky, you played college sports. You know, when I think about our police officers, we have some amazing police officers in this country, but the reality is you and I were part of a team, right? Of a hundred guys. Inky, you and I both knew the guys that weren't up to any good on that team. Tell the truth. We did. Yeah. And the truth is we got to hold ourselves to a higher standard because if we're willing to let that individual mistreat other human beings, mm. that represents us. Mm. Right? It's like your father tells you, son, the only thing I can give you is your last name. Well, guess what? If you're a police officer and you wear that uniform and some guy's going out and doing a bad something bad and you know about it, we got to stand up and do something about it. And then on the flip side, in our poor communities. And this is the misnomer. People think that it's only African-American communities. It's not. It's poor communities. Mm. A lot of our poor communities in this country have uh, gun violence issues. They have, uh, there's mental health issues. There's oppression issues. There's alcoholism. There's drug issues. There's all of these things that are challenges that people don't recognize and understand. But here's also the reality. The community knows who the meth dealer is. Mm, yep. And the community knows who the drug dealer is. Yep. And the community knows the guy that's the white supremacist and up to doing no good things. And the community knows who the gang member is. Yep. And here's the reality. As a mom, as a father, as a brother, we can't have people shooting each other on our streets. Our kids have to be able to walk the streets. And the community's got to stand up to those people. And that's scary. And it's the same reason why as on a team member, as you remember from your past, you know, when I played sports, I remember being a captain of the team and kicking some guys off the team that had bad at it, that that didn't didn't do right. Let me tell you something. That's not popular, Mm. right? I was waiting for the head coach to do it because I don't want to get involved in that. You know, in these communities, we, we can do better. And then the other thing is that's scary for me or sad for me is, we don't realize how much talent some of these people have. I mean, this is going to be a very controversial statement, but let me tell you something. Somebody that runs a successful drug business, mm. they're a better businesswoman or better businessman than I am. Mm. Man, I, I have a hard time running a business and nothing we tr- nothing we try to do is illegal. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, these are these are smart people. All right. These are smart people. Yeah. And we've got to bridge a gap some way, somehow, somewhere. And then we've also got to acknowledge that we're all human beings and we've all made mistakes. Um, and we got to work together on a common ground. And on the things that we don't want to work together on, then we got to compromise. Hmm. 
Because I, I think if you interviewed, my gut would say 300 out of the 330 million Americans doesn't want to see anybody poor. Hmm. So let's find this as a common ground and then let's work together to try to figure that out with an acknowledgement that there might be a percentage that likes the fact that there are people that are poor. Um, the abortion thing, I don't, I don't see our country ever agreeing on that. So then there's got to be compromise then. There's got to be some sort of compromise. There's got to be some give. Because if you, if you beat your partner to a point that they quit, then we get into a situation where we're at right now. And so, you know, very long-winded, don't have the answers, I touched some touchy subjects, but that's what we're dealing with. That's real. And that, that's, that's what needs, we need to find some solutions and we need to be open to testing. Mm-hmm. And we also need to be open to when we try our solution and it doesn't work, being honorable enough to admit it doesn't work. And that's one of the things the American people are going to have to soul search on because right now our politicians are not allowed to admit they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's all in. Mm. And that creates division. So my advice to all to all of us right now, what's going on is we need to slow down to speed up. Huh. We need to slow down and understand and recognize, you know, like Inky, if you were pro-abortion and I'm not, and you're never going to change my mind, right? I'm, I'm just making this scenario up and, and I'm never going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Well, then I think it's a reasonable request to say, hey, Inky, then just don't use my money to do it. Don't use my tax money to do it. And then on the flip side, you know what I mean? Like there's got to be some, there's got to be some give or, or we're going to end up killing each other. Like what, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, it's just too much. So slow down to speed up, take a deep breath mm. and, uh, and very long winded, find a way to love your neighbor. Cause let me tell you something, 95% of what they, what they are, uh, you, you have more in common with them. Yes, there might be five to seven percent that you don't agree with them on, uh, but reality is they get out of bed in the morning. They want to be loved. They want to be successful. Uh, they want to have a great family. They want a future in life, just like anybody else does. And we all have that in common. And it's like ninety-five percent of what we're all dealing with, we all have in common. And so, how do we bridge a gap for that remaining five? Mm. That's incredible, man. I, um, I've been studying empathy lately, you know, and the reason I've been studying empathy is because like what I found is what you just said. Like a lot of times, like we can have empathy toward what we believe, what we want, the things that we stand on. And if somebody else agrees with us, we can have a certain level of empathy for that person. But when people oppose our beliefs, don't stand with what we stand with a lot of time the empathy leaves. And so as a man, as a father, as a husband, I've been trying my best to grow in that area. And I feel as if what you just shared, man, is spot on. And so as we head out, man, I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your insight. I know you're busy. You're running a company. And so we greatly appreciate it. And I know this is going to add value to a lot of people's lives. All right, Inky, man, you take care and can't wait to see you. Thanks for, yes, thanks for inviting me to do this. I'm honored that you would even consider me And for those of you that uh, wasted 20 or 30 minutes of your life, uh, (laughs) listen to me pontificate. Uh, I I, I apologize. You guys have a great one. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. You take care. (laughs) 